1: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my wonderful co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt?
0: I don't chew fast enough.
1: I, apparently not. Every week this is this is becoming a thing. I think it's just going to be our thing. It doesn't
0: happen on the other show, but usually that's because I talk first. <laughs>
1: Well, today we're going to be getting more into the questions that you guys have been sending us. And again, thank you for sending those in. Uh, Again, if you have questions for this podcast or the other podcast or the queue, be sure to send them in. Uh, We have a wonderful Discord channel where you can link them. Uh, Patrons, I think it's supporter and queue questions. Send it there. It's great. Or if you want to send it in for email, podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just specify which show it is
0: and uh, we'll go from there. Not carve them into a grapefruit and fire them at us with a trebuchet, though, because we will not answer them.
1: Please do not. Yeah, that that would be bad. So our first question uh, is actually a multi-parter. So as the aspects become relevant again, I can't help but notice several things. One, they only become relevant when one of their kind are turned. Two, I cannot help but notice the only aspect often referred to as the master is Nos Dormu. And I've also noted that The other references to the Master always seem to reference an old god. 3. Nasdormu can see the infinite paths of time, but is laser-focused on preventing the one true timeline. We already know that Nasdormu will eventually be corrupted. Is it that Nazdarmu is already gone and has actually been replaced by an old god playing the long game, which would include plotting against Nazoth since Nazdamu actively participated against Deathwing? After all, the bronze dragon flight itself can actually handle the timelines and doesn't require Nazadamu's direct involvement, which, to be honest, the last time I recall Naz being an active time participant was sending Ronin, Crossus, and Brox to the War of the Ancients. This is from Azimoth, a nightborn hunter from Area fifty two. Uh, there's a lot of dragon stuff there. What do you what do you think?
0: Well, Nozdarmu didn't send them there. They was The old gods were creating a time vortex. He was involved in the vortex. They ended up there. It wasn't a question of him sending them there. That's first up. Secondly, we already know that it's Nozdarmu who turns into Mirzon, who isn't replaced by an old god, because we kill him.
1: He accepts the old god gift. Done
0: he's corrupted by the old gods, I guess. That's one of the things that they had never really made super clear. If the infinites are actually working for the old gods or not, they certainly seem aligned to them. Uh, But at the same time, there's, to me, it always goes back to, to the first time I ran black morass. And I think it's the end boss shows up and he starts going on about how they will shatter this clockwork universe. And I've always thought about that in terms of what does it mean for what the Infinite's goals are. I think the Infinites are certainly void slash old god aligned, but I don't feel like they're puppets of them. Do I feel we... like they have a goal, and their goal is based around the idea. Murazond feels very much like he's trying to escape. Like, you know, Given you know, given the the situation that he is in, where he knows what his death will be, Mirzon feels like he's trying very hard for it not to happen. And so, in a way, it's kind of a tragedy when you finally get to that point where it happens, because it only happens because of Nosdarmu.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nosdarmu is the one who takes us to End Time. Nosdarmu is the one who tells us to use the hourglass. Nazdormu is the one who shows us how to fight Murazond in the first place. So, as Murazond is fighting us, he is remembering everything that we're doing because he's the one who told us to do it. He's right there. He remembers this. It's a closed. The point where we kill Murazond is a closed loop. It's us, and in fact, we close it by doing that. That's the end time for Nosdormu as well as just the end time dungeon in general. It's his the death he saw for himself and it never would have made sense to him before because it was always like in a weird pocket time where you know the old gods had won. And that's the thing you have to remember about end time. End time is when the old gods have won. If you look at it, the wormrest accord with with the uh, deathwing's corpse impaled on top of it, they were never going to keep deathwing around once they'd, quote-unquote, won, once they'd succeeded, he was as expendable as anybody. We often forget that, you know, in a lot of ways, Deathwing was their victim. So I don't think Murzon is an old god. I think he is certainly... I don't want to say in league with them either because I don't feel like he's in league with them. I feel like he has been driven mad by them. It's And I think we can all kind of understand it. Because if, if you have to look at your life and you see oh, I made these mistakes and now I'm going to die. I don't want to die and I can't change it, but I'm going to try. You know, Mirzon goes into everything trying really hard not to let this stuff happen. And it all happens anyway because of us meddling kids. And if you're a hunter, you're a dog.
1: I'm, I'm actually really wondering if part of that, though, because you make a really good point. And it made me think. Is this more akin to the Void Elves versus pure old God Corruption? Is it possible that what happens to the dragonflight, maybe the bronze dragonflight, isn't necessarily the acceptance of a gift of the old god, but more trying to tap into the energies of the void to accomplish whatever goal that they were looking to do, and then just being lost and completely corrupted? Like, if I could see that being the thing, right? Because
0: Let me put it this way, because I think, thinking about what you're saying and what I'm trying to say... When I mention the whole "We will shadow this clockwork universe," it keeps coming back to that whole idea of: Is there one path or many? Mm-hmm. The Titans clearly imparted to the the dragon aspects one path. There is one true timeline; you must safeguard it. That's what Ner- Nosdrum was told at the beginning. There comes a point when he decides that that's not correct. And if you look when 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 Murazan dies, what does he say? What are his last words? He calls out to Amontillado. Yes. He's like, how could you know? How could you let this happen? Essentially, I don't remember the exact phrase. I'd have to go look it up. But it's something along the lines of, you know, how could you let this happen, or how did this? How is this possible, sort of thing. And I think it's Murazond isn't, you know taking orders from any particular old god or void being or anything like that. It's just that his perspective has changed from I see only one path to I seek my path. I want a way out of this. And the worst part for him is that he is fighting himself. He's fighting a previous version of himself who still holds to the Titans one true path. And it's very similar to the light void dichotomy. Where the light sees one path and the void sees, the, you know, everything is possible. Uh, and it, it goes. There's a there's an there's an idea called Manichaeanism, which is basically based on the idea that you know, there's spirit and there's physical existence. There's potential and actual. the The light seems very allied to the concept of what actually must happen, what should happen. There is one way through. The void's all about everything could be possible. And, you know, it's sort of like the idea of collapsing a wave form.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like obviously the, the Schrodinger's cat analogy doesn't actually work in real life. Like if you did all that stuff, you've put, you, you got a Geiger counter, you had a radioactive particle. You've got a, the Geiger counter hooked up to a hammer and the hammer can smash a glass globe containing a gas that will kill the cat. The cat is either alive or dead. There's no such thing as a waveform here when you're dealing with like a cat an actual physical object that exists outside of quantum space the cat is either alive or dead it doesn't have a waveform to collapse and that's the thing here is in the actual world is there just one path that's the thing the thing we don't know the thing we don't understand and i think that's where mirazon breaks can i get out of this can i avoid the death you showed me Because it's a cruel thing to show someone their own death. If you really think about what that is, what that means, you go through your entire life. There's a really interesting thing that has nothing to do with the Dragonflights, but which is still interesting. When we go to Draenor, do you remember the uh, Kilrog Deadeye fight? Oh yeah. What does he say at the end when you kill him?
1: Oh, you know what? I actually
0: don't remember the quote. This is the death I saw. That's right. So he went into this, like everything he did, he went into it thinking, well, I can't lose because I know when I die. And then finally the death that he saw came, but he didn't recognize it until it was right in front of him until you were killing him. Think about how that warps your life, about how that changes how you live. No, has got. he's got a wife, he's got a mate, he's got children, He lived. A, he's lived his life in service to the Titans, always knowing exactly when and how he's going to die. That's, uh, that's hellacious. Imagine the point where you met these weird humans who are nothing particularly special, and you recognized your killer, or killers, whatever, you know, they could be orcs. Whatever. I mean, that's my point. Isn't just that they were humans. My point is just that you meet these beings, and that's the that's the those are the ones those are the ones who are going to kill me. But I don't understand why how it's going to be where I saw it because that doesn't make sense. Uh, and so he he never understood exactly what was happening till you get to the end of the end time dungeon, and he realizes this is it. This this is my death. I've just seen it. And not just does he know he's going to die now. He knows he's going to go mad. He knows he's going to become Mirazond. He knows he's going to start the Infinites. He knows he's going to corrupt his own Dragonflight. All these things are going to happen. They are part of the closed loop. From the perspective of, our, of us at, at the end of Cataclysm doing End Time, they have already happened. Even though they are yet to happen. Like from our time perspective, you know, they haven't happened yet because we are not at that point in time, but at the same time they have because we were there at the end of the end time where, where we killed him. That's the real issue here. Yes, he's mad. Does he is he specifically taking marching orders from the old gods? No. I think he resents the old gods as much as he resents everything else. I think so too. But he is definitely time loops of this kind, when we close that time loop to get rid of Deathwing, there's a lot to that that really if you think about it it it's orchestrated. And I don't think it was necessarily orchestrated by Nazdarmu, but it might definitely have been orchestrated by Murazond. Why did Murazond make us fight him?
1: Yeah, and that's and that's interesting because like what like you mentioned earlier, there's a couple things like uh his dying, his defeat his defeated quote, right? It's you know not what you have done, Amantho, what ha- what I have seen. Like, what did he see? What did he see in all of those paths that made him set this up? Because I think you're right. I think that it wasn't Nosdumu who did this. I think it was Murazond who set up his his death, yeah. essentially.
0: Well, we know we know that Nosdumu was trying to just get us from the the Dragon Soul in the past. He was trying to pick up the Dragon Soul and take us to the to the present. And it was Murazond who caused the blockage in the timeways that forced him to go to the end time.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: why did he want us to see the end time
1: and a lot of people think that it was just to stop us from getting the dragon soul well obviously that didn't work and if you can see all those paths if you can see the future if you know what's going to happen you know it's not going to work
0: he's future knows dorm not only does he know it's not going to work he remembers this whole thing happening yeah that's the thing about time travel when it's your future self orchestrating the fight against you you have to seriously like you know your, he sees. He already knows everything we're going to do because he did it. See, and he can't. He can't take any plans that prevent that from happening because then he would stop remembering it. Think was, about when he when he fights Nosdarmu. He can't do anything to change Nosdarmu's p- path because then he wouldn't remember it anymore. It's true, and because he wouldn't exist anymore. Nosdormu can on, only way that Mirzon can come into being is if that he sees what Nosdormu sees him. They have to come into conflict. He knows that he has to die. Part
1: of that is why it makes me think that it's not even old god corruption; that it's something to do with tapping directly into the void. And and part of the reason I say that is because I don't think if it was if he was receiving his marching orders from the old gods. That encounter never would have happened like that. We never would have been stopped. Like it wouldn't. It wouldn't have gone down like that unless it served a greater purpose. Which, if it's a time loop, it doesn't really serve a purpose, right? It, it just it's a cycle that will continually happen. But well,
0: it depends on what the time loop is there for. Sure, which we don't know. If- but. Yeah, but one of the things that keeps coming to mind is have you, you've you seen the old Star Trek episode where they keep looping through the same several hours. They're playing mm-hmm. cards, and they, oh, they go through the whole thing. The ship comes out of the rift, they crash, and they go through it over and over again until they figure out how to send a message through the time loop. Yes. Murzond was trying to send a message through the time loop. To Amantul. To
1: himself. No. Or to himself, yeah. To
0: himself. I think possibly to Amantul as well, but I think he's definitely... He's trying to get himself to think differently about the experience because that's... there's what you, what you see in a vision is not all the information. If it was that you very rarely get like a, Oh, and all this will happen. So all you have to do is X. That's not how signs and portents work in fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think in this case, that's not how it works. I, I don't, I think you're the word corruption is where I'm sticking up here.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's corruption at all. I think it's, I think it's t- that's why I'm going with the the idea that it's tapping into, and the, part of the reason that I'm I'm sort of sticking on this, and I've always been sticking on this particular part with Murazond, is something that you actually said way back at the beginning of Lore Watch when our first year of doing the show, when you mentioned that there's this idea that we have that the old gods are absolutely doing the bidding of the void, which that very well may be fundamentally wrong, because once they've been hurled into our material space, once they've reached planet, they're fundamentally changed. We don't know that they are completely aligned with the Void anymore. And taking a look at Legion and what happened there, particularly with Illyria, I think that holds water. Because if the Void really, 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 really absolutely positively was perfectly aligned with what the Old Gods were planning to do at this point, I don't think there would have been any sort of usage of it. Do you know what I mean? Like with the way that Illyria taps into it, it's completely different. The void is doing something different than what the old gods were doing. They're corrupting. Yes. They're taking over. Yes. But not in the same way that the void, did. the void so just makes you thing. crazy.
0: I don't think the void, it's not that the void makes you crazy. Well, you go crazy. You go crazy. crazy you because you see, yeah, exactly. Cause it, here's the thing I keep thinking, I keep going back to, we think of the light as good and the void as evil. And I know you don't think that way. I know you've got a more sophisticated mm-hmm. view on it, but the reason people think that is because the light consi- consists of a lot of stuff that is beneficial to us. That we consider good. We benefit from certainty. We benefit from illumination, the process of illumination. If you think about it, the process of illumination where you you provide light and you show people things inherently reveals something. It's revelatory, and that's something that we like and that we identify with because we are, as creatures, very limited in terms of what we can and cannot perceive. Mm-hmm. So when we actually have something and it's this is true, we like that. It's good for us to know what the truth is, even if the truth is not comforting. It, it, if you look at the real world, you can see how being ignorant of the truth can often lead to your death. So, but at the same time, light can also burn you. Like you know, like ants under a magnifying glass. Light can destroy an area if there's too much light. You know, things stop growing and you get a desert. Similarly, with with the void, with shadow, shadows have lots of things we don't like, but at the same time, you can hide in a shadow.
1: The good guys use shadow, shadow all the
0: time. And it, and it's one of those situations where I think in this particular case with the void and the and the and the and the, the infinite dragonflight, what, what's really happening here is that Mirazond is looking for alternatives. Yes. And looking for alternatives is not an inherently evil action. The problem with the old gods is that they are parasitic. It's not just that they exist and they want to, you know, we devoid in the light both act in a certain way, but they act in a certain way under a system where neither will ever truly be dominant. And so it's okay that they act in an adversarial way, because they can't triumph Mm -hmm. and thus the system continues there's an equilibrium it's a problem when entities of personifications like the old gods come around because they don't understand their role there's that whole thing about like one of the reasons that the the old gods seem to dislike the undead was because they do not live they do not die they are outside the cycle the cycle is everything to the light and the void they are part of it. It yeah, look, is what they are. It's when it, you. See, I
1: was, I was going to say, look at all the creatures that we've encountered through the years that operate within that cycle. The Naru. Uh, you know how many how many soul items or have we seen over the the years that operate in that sort of that light dark cycle?
0: It is yeah. inherent to the nature of the universe. You're absolutely right. And, so the void isn't. The, the the old gods are trying to do something that the void is not specifically trying to do. The void is trying to do what is in its nature because it is part of that late dark cycle it's trying to bring about its own ascendance but as soon as one of them gets ascendant the other reacts and there's a constant balance the old gods and possibly other beings that are not part of the cycle are inherently destabilizing because they don't take part in that cycle mirzond isn't trying to destroy the world or corrupt it forever mirzond is simply trying to escape we will shatter this clockwork universe. The way this is set up leads to point X. We don't want point X. So we'll do anything to keep point X from happening. And yeah. if point X cannot be avoided, then how do I make it not mean what it means now? It's, like it's you, if you it's, can't avoid, let's say you can't avoid your own death. Mm -hmm. You can't avoid it, you've seen it If you try and avoid it, you will change yourself So much that you will never be Because you are the end point Of a process That's what always gets me about all of this The whole thing with the void, the whole thing with the light The whole thing with Nosdormo and Murazond is Murazond is the end point Of a process that that if you skip Any of those points before it He will never have existed in the first place Think about the cage That Murazond is in End game, you know, end time has to happen. And Nosdormu has to take the dragon soul and has to take it to use against Deathwing or there's no Murazond. He has to give up his powers. And wait, but Murazond didn't seem hindered at all.
1: Nope, still had his powers.
0: How is that? What is happening? There's a lot to this that I don't think... I think we don't understand it yet because we only see the light the light seems beneficial to us because we only see reality that way. That's how we see existence. We only see one thing because we can't see the rest of it. And every time you make a choice, you create a new path
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and Merazan has to be at that end of all those choices. And if Merazan does anything to make those choices change, he might not be at the end of them anymore. There's, this is why I love and I, and I hate time travel. I love time travel because this is the kind of shit you can talk about with it, but I also hate it because it is impossible for me to truly explain to you what I think he's trying to do because it does not actually make causal sense. Merzond arranged for us to kill him so that he could avoid being killed by us, which we've already done. Mm, it's true. And that I think is the interesting thing. I don't think it's an old God because an old God, the old gods are actually fairly understandable in comparison. They've been diminished at the same time that they've become blo- little, some bloated monstrosities sending them here meant that they can't be all things at once in a very real way. They're like that cat in the box. The cat is either alive or dead. It is not a, a waveform that hasn't been collapsed yet. That's particles. That's not actual cats. The old gods are in our reality; they're not in the the realm of the void, which is, you know, where all possibilities are are floating ephemera waiting to happen, and everything has an equal valid existence. They're in this reality where things are not that. So, in a way, the old gods are trapped in the cage of fleshly existence that they themselves use on us. There's a continuous process. The curse of flesh is inherent to physical existence in the Warcraft cosmology because you're forever living in a world that is defined by the struggle between light and void. Hmm. Well, and that's, I... wow, did we not get far enough away from that question? Sorry. <laughs> to answer you, I don't think the old gods are directly in control of Mirza. Or Correct. that he is one of them.
1: <laughs> uh, but I think that's why people love asking us these types of questions because they know we're going to go out in the left field. But yeah, so... That hopefully answers your question, and then some. Uh, our next question. Just got a few questions. Who is the best Windrunner, sister, and why is it Verisa? Nah, just kidding. My question is more about Dire Maul. How come there are High Elven statues in there? Isn't it a Night Elven temple? With kind regards to the Watchers of Blizzard from X, from Silvermoon EU. Uh, no, it's not a Night Elven temple. Uh, it was actually originally Eldra Thalos, I think was the name of it. Uh, Lost, yes. Yeah, which was Queen was, uh, Highborn was Servitors high- lived there. Yeah,
0: yeah. it was Highborn. Um, calling them, they were night elves at the time because everybody was a night elf. They, they hadn't differentiated yet. So it is a night elf place, but it's kind of like if you called Suramar a night elf city. Technically, it was 10,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. But they, they the Eldrithalas in Dire Mow has been isolated for almost as long as Suramar was. And their Highborn, they rejoined Night Elf society, unlike the ones from Suramar, who became the Nightborn. But the Highborn of, of Eldrithalas are essentially what High Elves looked like before the Sundering ended.
1: Yeah, that's now, where the, the, uh, the Shindalar Arcanists, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: If you look at the, 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 the high elves to, to turn into the blood elves, if you look at Dathramar Sunstrider, who is like Kaelthas's, I think, great grandfather, he would have looked for most of his life just like a night elf. And it was until after they got severed from the connection to the original Well of Eternity, they got over to what is now Silvermoon and they created the Sunwell using a vial of the water from the original Well of Eternity that they changed themselves because they altered the magic that they were taking in and it turned them into high elves over the course of time much like the the nightwell changed the nightborn and these are real physical changes but they're caused by the magic that they live in proximity to elves and their ancestors are very susceptible to change based on the magic that they surround themselves with and it's not then. Then they're hardly the only ones in Azeroth who are like that. Look at what happens if you put uh, the Jinnu, or what happened if you stick a bunch of murlocs near a magical font of power. So that that kind of thing can happen. But if you look at the if you go from Dark Trolls to Night Elves to all the other kinds of elves that descend from the Dark Trolls, they're all changed by the proximity of a very powerful magical source. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's no different here the the highborn of elder still live. Some of them are even currently acting as mage trainers to night elves.
1: Yep. That was part of the whole storyline of how the night elf mages or night elf mages became to be.
0: Yeah. So there's, there's currently two different kinds of high elves in the world. There's the highborn, uh, theoretically, you could say three, but the Nightborn are different enough now. I just say that. I think so. Physio-
1: Physiologically, there's, they have to be massively different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but there's the the Highborn of Eldrithalos, and the the Quilderai. and then there's the the High Elves of formerly of Silvermoon, who currently there's like a very small group of them left, like Verisa, and they're also the Queldori in their own language, but they're different people, and they very different when you look at them they both have the title of night of high elf in a way Highborn versus high elf, Uh, but they both exist. So yeah, elder the statues in there are basically when the game was first made, they were trying to, to make them look different enough to make it understandable. And keep in mind that the high, the high elves had a very different model. Yep. When wow started, I mean, very different than the, the blood elf model and blood elves for that matter had a different model because they used the, the high elf model. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of distinctiveness there,
1: but that is the, I was going to
0: say, I want to say that I think all the Windrunner sisters are pretty fascinating characters. Um, I, I feel like sometimes people mistake certain things for like disliking a character. Like I, I think Sylvanas Windrunner is a fascinating character. I think she's evil, but I also think Lex Luthor is evil, and I love reading stories about him. Mm -hmm. I'm totally down with more Sylvanas stuff. That does not bother me. I'm like, yeah, definitely. tell I just don't want to cheerlead her. I don't think that what she does is good. That doesn't mean it isn't interesting. Uh, Look at Gargoyles. Um, The most interesting character in Gargoyles for the first three seasons was David Xanatos. Yep. Um, Or Demona, and (laughs) neither of them were good people. You know, but I I mean, that's just me. I I think all three of the Windrunner sisters are pretty cool and pretty interesting.
1: I agree with that. Uh, But hopefully that answers your question of why there are high elven statues in Dire Mall. All right, our next question. Hi, guys. Shadowlands questions. If the Kyrian of Bastion are or are related to the spirit healers that allow our spirits to go find our corpses, one, why do they do this? Is it so that less spirits go to the Maw? Question mark. Uh, Two, if we fix the Shadowlands and the Maw, will the Spirit Healers still help us resurrect? Keep in mind, number one, Spirit Spirit Healers trying to uh, slow the Spirits to the Maw. Three, maybe, just maybe, will this be the end of our characters because they will not respawn? Maybe Blizzard wants to use this to reboot Clean Slate WoW, start over with everything they have learned, and move forward with all new content. What do you think? I love the show. I miss Anne. So do we. You guys are doing great. Best regards, Starhammer of Realm Megtheridon, Dwarven Knight of the Silver Hand.
0: So i wanna you think? let you go first because <laughs> every time you let me go first, I talk for like half an hour. So I mean, I don't mind. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So I don't know. I think that
1: there was a covenant that we haven't really fully learned all about yet of why these spirit healers, why these uh, Valkyr, because they were Valkyr that decided essentially stay behind, right? Uh are shepherding us back. It could be because of the maw being being a thing. It could be because they're trying to deny spirit to the uh to the afterlife to specifically to the jailer. Or it could be something more than that. Uh, we don't know how other Titan planets were set up either, as far as like when they were essentially eggs and they had their, their natural people living on them. Did, was there a similar system in place to keep spirit in place on that planet to help nurture, protect, and basically make sure that the the egg hatched? Could it be something as simple as that? I don't know. Um, so I don't know. What do you what do you think? Why do why do the spirit healers do what they do? Let's focus on one question part of this question at a time.
0: They fall in love with dragons. Yeah, I'm kidding, but at the same time, it did actually happen. Now, uh, Azurgos and a, a spirit healer were in love, probably still are, for all I know. And, uh, but in a more serious answer, I don't think we know anything about why the, the spirit healers do what they do. There's, some, I remember some some intimation that it might that from the beginning it's been because we have a purpose. And uh, that purpose requires us to be tethered to Azeroth. And that's why we keep popping back up. But I don't think that it's going to be a case of whatever it is we're going to find out. We have not yet found out. We have not yet been told. So I don't think you can you sit back and say, well, it's because of the Maw. For all we know, the Maw has happened well after. Mm-hmm. Not that that Maw happened well after. But the whole idea that everybody's getting funneled there might have happened well after. Because keep in mind that, you know, we, we started this whole mad dash to everything 15 years ago and uh, 16 this year. And back then they didn't have Shadowlands in mind. They just wanted something cool. It made sense. You could, you know, there's a, that person and they will, they'll pop you back to life. But, you know, you got problems. It was just, an, it was a cool mechanic. And it's part of the game now and they certainly make use of it. And it's going to be part of this expansion because they're, you know, we're going to the land of the dead. When you die in Shadowlands, by the way, it's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, So I don't, I don't, the answer to that first question, you know, why are they doing it? We don't, we don't know.
1: There's also, Uh, there's also a quote that they say whenever you go talk to one to resurrect. I know people don't generally do this because we can get to our bodies a lot easier, but. Back when we would get to weird, hard places and couldn't get back to our corpses and couldn't resurrect, if you had to talk to a, uh, a spirit healer and have them resurrect you in place, they used to say, it is not yet your time. I shall aid your journey back to the realm of the living for a price. And then you resurrect with your stat debuff and, and durability loss and, and stuff like that. That, I think, yep. goes with what Matt was saying before, where it was just kind of a cool thing to do. It was just sort of your heroes. It's not your time to die yet, but it also ties in a little bit more, I think, with the the game's roots in the RTS worlds. Uh, So Warcraft in the RTSs was a little bit different. There was a lot of uh, religious iconography, a lot of of mention of God and demons and and devils and stuff like that, because that was what they knew at the time. It wasn't it wasn't the light. It wasn't the void. It wasn't shadow. It wasn't uh, like what we have now. And that really didn't even start to become even an inkling of a thing until Warcraft three. Uh, but before then this sort of ties back to that, where the paladins and the priests and the healers of, of the original game units, they were staving off death because it wasn't the hero's time. It wasn't their time to pass to whatever afterlife had awaited them. And so the spirit healers are sort of like, I want to say a little bit of a nod to that, uh, but I think that's where that root comes from. And again, like Matt said and I agree, we'll find out more about it now, uh especially with Shadowlands coming up because they did mention, I think it was at BlizzCon where they mentioned that there was a covenant that these undertook, uh that these spirit healers underwent to perform this task. We'll probably find out more about that coming up, but I don't know if it's directly related to the Maw. Uh
0: the yeah, second We know that we know that the Garian are kind of like the inspiration to the spirit healers and Valkyr. We don't know if the Valkyr and the spirit healers are actually considered members of the Kyrian covenant or if they're just reverse engineered versions of them. I mean, we know they're related. We know that the spirit healers and and Valkyr are effectively descended from them, but we don't know exactly how that works as yet. But as to your second question, I think that's where Joe was going. So.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, the second part of that is if we fix the Shadowlands and the mall, will the Spirit Healer still help us resurrect? I think the answer to that, obviously, for game mechanic-wise is yes, but story-wise, I also think it's yes. The Shadowlands is, what's happening there is definitely a major event, and it's something that we need to be taking care of, but it's not the last thing we need to take care of we know that we know that there's more going on there's more at stakes because once we're finished with the shadowlands we haven't dealt with any of the void lords we haven't dealt with any of that stuff really we've only dealt with the old gods and even if we've dealt with that it's not even guaranteed at that point that we've done what we needed to do there's more for us to do so i think they'll stick around and there'll be story reasons for them to stick around
0: for that matter, the the reason it's not your time might not even be directly related to any of the stuff happening in Shadowlands at all. Correct. Yeah. So, but I d- I also don't think they're going to just end our characters and reboot WoW. I don't think they will ever do that unless they just shut it down entirely. The reason I don't think they'll ever do that is because it is simply too alienating. Like if they could clean, if they were going to clean slate WoW. They'd have clean slated Wow before they did a a, a level squish. Nobody a long time wanted. Ago. Yeah, people didn't want to do the level squish. That's one of the reasons it took them till now to do it. You know, and to keep in mind they did multiple surveys. You know, what's more alienating if we do this or if we do this or if we do this? They they wanted to know what is the thing that's going to be least disruptive. Taking Wow and just saying okay, start a new character at level one. That's that's the most disruptive thing you could do in y'all so, those alts you have gone
1: and the Start- other the mm-hmm. other argument that i've heard people say regarding this is oh they'll just make a world of warcraft 2 no it's the same thing like, look
0: at everquest and everquest 2
1: i was that's just that's, going to bring that up yep
0: that's held up as one of the most disruptive things they ever did and it, it split the player base because some players liked the new EverQuest 2 and some players didn't want to leave EverQuest for whatever their reasons were. And so you ended up with half as many players in each of those games.
1: Lineage 2 is another example of, of a game that didn't quite, quite accomplish what it wanted to as far as a sequel to draw people over. And, and that's sort of a hard lesson that you got to learn. Um, unless they were shutting down World of Warcraft for good, and moving over to World of Warcraft 2, and we'll just call it that, it wouldn't work. And at that point, how many people would just stop playing? How many people would just not bother coming back? I put all these years into my characters. Why am I going to start clean again? Why am I going to start at, over?
0: If you look at like the way that WoW Classic worked out, WoW Classic is an example of people going back to the original game. And Blizzard were very smart by making people pay just a, fl- a plain out World of Warcraft subscription to play WoW Classic, because that kept the money aspect of the player base intact. If you want this one, you gotta own this one, and they're they're connected. And if you make it so they're separate games, you're you're gonna end up with a split player base. And lore-wise, one of the difficulties of doing that is if you really look at the lore of World of Warcraft. We are in World of Warcraft six. Like every expansion has effectively been a sequel. Yeah. We've we've the game has changed so much, it's derived so deeply. And if you look at, go and play WoW Classic for a weekend, and really think about the story and think about where the story doesn't go, you get to level sixty. Look at what's still out there, all of Outland, all of Northrend, all of Pandaria zones that are not going to come into the game until cataclysm Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all that stuff is still out there in the world it's all potential if you want to talk from the whole light void aspect all that stuff is void because all that stuff is still yet to come and we don't know what it will be even though we do know what it'll be because we played world of warcraft and we know you know all those expansions exist for us and we know that they're there for the world of world of warcraft classic none of those things are there like I've heard people even say, what I really wish they'd do is, is get a group of people who've never played WoW and have them do the next expansion and see where they take it. I don't think that's possible, that you could mm-hmm. really hire a group of people who don't know World of Warcraft in gaming. Even, it's, it's one, even if they've one, never
1: played, it's just so synonymous with pop culture at this point.
0: Yeah, it, it's one of those things where even if you've never played it, you don't play MMOs, you don't like MMOs, you know about World of Warcraft. It, it's too big in gaming to not be known of. It might be the game you hate most in the world, but you still know it exists. It's it's a behemoth. So <clears throat> I, I do think that both in terms of both lore and, and just plain old game stuff, they're not going to end our characters. It's it just too many different reasons why they wouldn't do it. Now,
1: that said, I could see them as maybe reworking the spirit healer system in the base game. To no longer, because one of the things that I've always been curious is that debuff and why it sticks around and if it's something that that resurrection sickness could go away because it's still there. And I'm wondering if maybe they'll use this as an excuse to sort of story away that aspect of it. And I think that if we see any change to spirit healing, I think that would be the most likely candidate. Everything else I think would stay the same. Alright, our next up, Akamagash Watchers. Uh, I have two questions. Feel free to answer either or both. Well, I think I'm going to answer both. Uh, Unlike the previous two expansions, Blizzard did not show a featured characters panel for Shadowlands. Who do you expect to be the major players of this expansion? BFA had Sylvanas, Jaina, Sarfang, for example. Two with the great news we're getting more diverse human customization in Shadowlands. Do you think Blizzard will just say the diverse or yeah, diverse facial features and skin tones have always been there and retconned in, or could you foresee them doing something like Dragon Age, where they have an in-game lore for non-Caucasian humans? Keep up the great podcast. I've been following you all since the early days on the old uh, Wizard. Uh, sorry, Wrath of the Lich King era app. Gold grip. A lot there. Uh, so let's start with the first one. Who do you think the featured people or characters or NPCs are going to be for Shadowlands, aside from Sylvanas and Tyrande, because we know for a fact that those are going to be featured, at least in some capacity?
0: Well, we also know Bolvar's going to be featured. Yes. We've seen images of him, you know, post-Helmet Smashy. Uh, so we know that's that is definitely going to be a part of it, and I think that means that the Death Knights in general are going to be part of it. In a big way, and so we're going to see um, Darius Mograine is going to be a big part of it. Possibly the other Horsemen. I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see those guys there. Uh, the thing is, is that we know we're going to see some people that are dead, like Dead Dead. We're going to see some of those characters. Like um, I think they mentioned Kalthos, but I might be just hallucinating that.
1: I think they did too. Yeah.
0: Uh, but so characters like Kalthos might show up and be like, you know, this is you know, Scrooge. It's me, Kalthos. You have to change your ways. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that you know it's showing up to Ebenezer Scrooge would be hilarious. You have to use more mana, Ebenezer. I don't, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. But I mean, we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see some some big deal lore characters who are dead. Um, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised. But I have no information if we're gonna, for instance, see Anduin Lothar or Blackhand. Um, I would certainly like not mind seeing them. I, I really, part of me thinks that like, you know, if we see Sorfang, it's like at this point, I feel like we're pranking the poor guy. I got yeah. my honorable death. Nope. <laughs> you're in the, you're in the maw. Ah, I just wanted my honorable death. Well, you did get it. Just unfortunately for you, we just breached the bounds of death. You're going to have to come and fight in our grand army to fix everything. I died. You're not supposed to have to do it anymore. Wow, Sarafek is just weeping. I didn't expect that, <laughs> but um, I I I feel like those those are the kind of characters we're gonna see. I I sort of hope they don't make the mistake they made in um, Warlords of Draenor, where they just kind of left Azeroth, and we didn't get to see anything about what happened after the the you know Siege of Orgrimmar, mm-hmm. and then suddenly we were like you know next expansion we just kind of like okay later bye and then when legion came along the first thing it did was kill off the characters that we would have been interested in seeing um and for that matter they might show up we know that i'm i'm almost certain that Vulgin's going to be important in this yeah
1: i would i would put money on that like legitimately put money on that
0: and uh bane you know Karen Bloodhoof is going to show up because i miss him I miss when the Tauran were cool. They're still cool, but they were cooler back then because they weren't involved in constant genocidal actions. True. I miss my Tauran guy.
1: Well, on a anyway, happier anyway, note.
0: But I definitely think we'll see. We'll see Karen. Uh, we'll, we'll probably see. Well, I don't know. That would be really weird if like Moira's dead husband showed up.
1: Yeah, I don't think and, we'll see him. I think yeah. I think Varian will make an appearance again. Um if for nothing else, I think that there's going to be an Anduin storyline or something more involving him because despite being prominent in Battle for Azeroth, Anduin didn't really do a lot himself. He shows
0: up he didn't, yeah there's not a ton of story for Anduin as opposed to Silvanus that's part of the problem with that is that he's very, Anduin was being completely reactive yes and that's understandable but it doesn't mean the few times that Anduin was like you know okay people brought up a plan and he okayed it but that was the plan to attack the Zarlor which was like I get why you attacked the Zarlor you definitely want to get rid of that fleet but honestly kept feeling to myself why don't we leave now that we blew up their fleet yeah <laughs> we did we blew up the fleet what objective do we have now why do we want to kill that guy it's not like it's going to help us if, if like if we went up there to kill nathanos and yeah, ended up that killing the king by mistake okay um but we went after him and it's like why like i mean i get why we don't like him he allied with our enemies but I don't get why we feel like this is a good move. How is this going to help? It will drive a wedge between the Zandalari and the Horde. How? <laughs> like, even, like Everyone complained about that one, and I got to give them credit. I, I agree. It does not make sense as a plan to split up the Zandalari and the Horde. It makes sense as a plan to destroy the, the Zandalari Navy. Yes. And then you should be done. And I would have thought it was... One of the things I would have liked is if they did it, and they set it up so that that was the plan, just blow up the Xandalari Navy and go home. But then people on the Alliance side got ahead of themselves. Yeah.
1: That I would have been okay with.
0: And just started attacking. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Jane's like, no, we got to go back. We got to pull back. Oh God. I'm going to teleport up there and try and pull them back. And she gets up there and she gets attacked and she like has to defend herself and things spiral from there. But the way it was set up, it felt like guys, our entire plan seems to be to annoy them and then make them hate us. So yay. Good, good job. Like, yeah, But I definitely think we're going to see the, the characters I mentioned already. And I, for that matter, I think one Samdi, depending on whether or not he survives the b- upcoming books that he's in, I think one Sandy and even possibly uh, Rastakhan might be important. They might be part of the Volgen story.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think those are the most likely candidates as far as who we're going to see Um but I also, th- the the only other reason that I was kind of just expand a little bit about the whole Varian thing. I don't think it's going to be Varian spirit coming back to fight. I think it's going to be more Varian, Varian being sought out by Anduin after he learns that he's there. And Anduin finally being in a position to learn lessons from his father that he had been so resistant to, to this point. Because that's one of the things that Anduin, like we said, he he sort of... Okayed plans. He never really made plans. He didn't really quite understand what it was like to be a leader, a king or or the position that he was in. Well, now he didn't have a choice. Now he is going to be a little more receptive to any of those lessons that his father would give him but his father's dead. So I think that we'll see a different Anduin come out the other end of this because I think at some point he's going to be chilling in Bastion, talking with his dad, uh, throwing the proverbial spiritual football around. So now as far as the second part of this question, the uh, diverse human customization in Shadowlands, Uh, there's a million ways they can go about this, but there's always been darker skinned human customizations if i remember correctly it's just never been as in depth with like the hair and 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 other items am i wrong in that
0: no you're completely correct uh from going if you go into wild classic right now you can make a dark-skinned human okay they just still have the hair doesn't look right because they just have long straight hair and the facial features are were relatively limited they've always been incredibly limited so it's very clear you just gave that dude a super tan. You didn't—he's not really looking like an actual living person. And I think that's where they're trying to get with it. Like you know, because if if Diablo three can have racial options for their characters, there's no excuse. And of course, Diablo three doesn't do it for every character. But you know, if you play the 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 wizard, you're definitely going to have a different you know your different race. So and Diablo four is going for that too. Diablo four is going to have you know, you can choose all those options for your character. I think that's pretty much just—that's what you you need to be doing in 2020. Uh, it's really something we should have been doing all along, but it's Agreed. definitely something they need to do now. I don't know if they're going to bother to say, you know, H- these new people come from this island. I I don't think they want to do that uh, for a lot of reasons. Like Joe mentioned, there were people who already had that, so I don't think we're going to do that.
1: Yep. so we will see uh, how they retcon that in or if they bother at all. The, I think it's just going to be more of a case of them not even mentioning it in game and just kind of going with it because it's just a thing that should have been done from the beginning. Our next question comes from Verdigree of Forsaken Frost Mage. Hi there. Question for Lorewatch. Did you notice that when they released the preview of the Bastion Covenant abilities for Shadowlands, they were all arcane
0: damage? thoughts wild speculations i actually hadn't noticed that did you i i remember the ones that they were talking about it was like one covenant wasn't it like i don't think it was every single covenant was all arcane damage but i could be wrong yeah it's been a while since i've looked at it i think it was just one
1: but it is uh interesting because i think there's a sort of association bastion is being associated with more like the light and like for lack of a better term, holiness, not necessarily arcane. So I think that's where this question comes from is, is that something we expected? I don't think so. I mean, honestly, it it makes sense, though, if you start thinking about it, if you start thinking about the Titans, them being these beings of pure arcane order, the fact that Titans are able to make Valkyr, Valkyr based off the Kyrian, Carrion reside in Bastion it's not too far of a leap to play you know six steps of you know Kevin Bacon with you know bastion and, and arcane energy so I could totally see that that makes perfect sense if you're also looking at Bastion, everything we've seen from it it's very orderly, very straight lines very precise and everything that we've seen even the create the creations like the carrions the stewards, the Forsworn, they're all very clean, if that makes sense. They're very orderly. They're very precise. <laughs> and that's something that I generally associate with arcane and arcane order. So not really too out in left field for me. What about you?
0: I'm, I'm looking right now. This is sort of a slight sub thing because I know where you were talking about the Bastion Covenant. The Radiant Spark from the Kyrians is, is an arcane ability. Uh, Contagion Bolt from the Necrolords is very much Shadow Damage. Uh, Mirrors of Torment, the the there. that's... Uh, what is this? Uh, shadow Damage. Um, so two Shadow Damage ones. And the uh, Shifting Power, the Night fay ability, is Nature. Now keep in mind, none of this is released yet. But I think in terms of the reason that the the uh, Kyrians give Arcane and not say Light is because they're not just... For one thing, they don't want to make your Shadow Priest necessarily take a light ability, but also because the the Kyrian stuff is not necessarily light so much as it's order, like Joe was just saying. And I think that that's really kind of the whole... The whole, for lack of a better word, focus on the Kyrians is about arcane abilities, arcane powers, stuff like that. That would be my guess. But I don't really know... Um, yeah, there's a ton of things we we don't know yet. We we know some stuff is coming. We for one thing we also only know those were just major abilities I was looking at. We don't have every class ability for every covenant. Uh we do have some, but we don't have all of them. So. So I think that's How gonna, that's going to tie into the story, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I don't know how that's all going to tie in. Uh but we're going to find out relatively soon, I think uh blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com blizzardwatch your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast in the queue and an ads free site experience final thoughts talking about who we were going to see in shadowlands and what's going to come up How much do you think we're going to get back into the Drust? And the only reason I'm bringing that up is because the Drust storyline seems like something we haven't finished with yet. Getting to the end of Drustvar, it feels, I don't want to say incomplete, it feels like the cliffhanger of like a season of a TV show. There's more that we could be doing and should be doing, but we sort of
0: ended prematurely. What do you you think? Do you think we're going to get more Drust? I don't know. Blizzard has always been, like been able to surprise me by both featuring things I didn't expect in the feature, and not featuring things I really expected them to. I mean, I really, really thought we were going to get more Hakar this expansion. Come on, there's a Blood God fighting the yeah. Zandalari trolls. Come on, you can, it's got to be a card. Nope, Hakkar gets name dropped once. Like, oh yeah, and then they, you know, Hakar's blood gets mixed with this thing, and ooh, made Vectis. It's like. <laughs> Really? That's that's all we're getting from Hakao? Okay, then. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, the Drust... At the end of, of Waycrest Manor, we defeat uh, Gorak Tool, And that's, like, meaningless because he'll just go back to the Drust dimension where all their souls are waiting to get new Construct bodies. You know, they're all dead and trapped in this pocket plane where they can come out again as soon as someone makes them a new body. So, yeah. It definitely feels like we should see the Drust more. Will we? I don't know. I don't know if they were going to be in there, it would probably make sense for them to be somehow related to the night phase storyline. But you know, at the same time, the Drust are descended from, from Freikul. They're essentially a subsect of Freikul who learned how to take their body, their spirits out of their bodies and put them in constructs. Which, since they were originally constructs before the curse of flesh, that's an interesting thing. It's very similar to how the Mogu worked. And For that matter, the Mogu need to make another appearance.
1: Yeah, we just started getting them back at the end of this expansion. It would make perfect sense to bring them back.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to see, but I definitely would like to see the Dressed again.
1: I'm really hopeful that we'll see more about the Dressed, in particular because what you're saying, that whole pocket dimension thing, because if they die and they're removed from that cycle where their souls go to another plane or another pocket where they literally just wait to be reborn into another construct. I think we're going to be dealing with that where we are seeing exactly how they did that, how that magic works. At least I'm hopeful for that, but that's all we got for this week, folks. I want to thank you all for coming and hanging out with us. uh, And hopefully we will uh, all see you next week. Safe and sound.